thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Into the Prey. The links for the various bits of content that we discuss in today's conversation, namely the YouTube links to to the church in Great Britain, the new vlog series that can be found and available now for viewing. The blog that we talk about, the open letter to the church, Is Your Church Faithful and Exposition? in part of the book of 2 Timothy, Paul's final writing to the church. And finally, if you want to be involved in helping us moving into a new year for this new project that we've referred to and more details will follow, then please do see our Patreon page to help us, not just with content currently, but also plans to put into place for new projects coming up in the new year for the building up of the church in Agape. The devil wants that on the one half is the blessing camp and on the other half is the repent camp. That's what the devil wants, okay, and that is what's happening. But actually, it comes back to this misunderstanding of what it means to, to know and worship and love a good God. Is that the blessing is the repentance. God, for all intents and purposes, needn't be there. And we need to recapture a sense of the godness of God the greatness of God, the majesty of God. Hello everybody and welcome to Into the Prey, Breaching the Chaos of the Church with Nick and Mary Franks and Dave Brennan. Welcome to Brother Brennan. <laughs> Brother Brennan. <laughs> I'm, I'm sounding Catholic all over again. I thought we, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, your, your been... ongoing temptation towards the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Before we before we talk about what we're going to talk about today, it's good to be back on the road, isn't it? Um, Dave's been away. For, we all we just our, our diaries have been uh, um, difficult for the last couple of mm. weeks. But before mm. we get into the subject of today's podcast, which is doctrine, the importance of that, and asking the question: um, Is your church faithful? Let's talk about Omicron. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! You've got me on the hoof here. I um. Yeah, I think it's Omicron. I think it's Omicron. I, I, I stand uh, to be corrected, but um, there is debate over whether it's Omicron or Omicron. And, uh, and in ancient Greek, the, the iota, the ear, can be long or short. I believe in context it should be short, but I would defer to Mary Beard, probably, whose article I'm looking forward to reading straight after this, this podcast. <laughs> Mary Beard, for people who won't know this, was the lady who was on the one show panel when my uh, Beard from the East photo was, <laughs> was shown to the nation by Matt Baker. And uh, Mary Beard didn't look at all happy, although it was ironic that her, I didn't think about that, that her name being Beard. Yeah. And she didn't look. She, she, didn't, you, appre- she didn't appreciate you'd, it. You'd think she'd look, you'd think she'd appreciate she the fact interest. that my, my Beard yeah. made it onto national TV. But anyway. It's not too late to make a meme. On that, on that theme, I think, yeah. playing off her surname. If, if only, if only we had time, Dave, for, for such for such jovial banter. We're talking about doctrine today, and this is a convergence, I think, of a couple of things. Folk who listen regularly. Sorry, I should have said hello to Mary. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Mary is here. We're not doing a video of this today, so um, as I say, it's a convergence of. Um, one of the thoughts that we've had repeated through the last, I don't know, the last couple of months, it feels like that, at least it might be even a bit longer, just about heading towards Advent that we're obviously now in and asking the question, 
for for every single one of us to consider, which is um, is is the church that we go to faithful? Is the church that we're a part of that we support that we yes and our men and so on? Is it is it faithful? And that's an important question that I would hope would we would hope would mm. speak. We would all hope, I think, speak for itself. And yeah, I think that as we're about to hear, probably from what you're about to say, Dave, there is resistance sometimes to questions of such importance um, and not everybody sees things in the same way as we've discovered you know people see things differently all the time good people see things differently all the time and it's important for conversation but um, I think do, do you want to say anything about that to begin with or no I think we can just 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 jump straight yeah. on into it okay well let me remind folk because as per usual we're thinking of people who listen every week we're thinking of people who are joining for the very first time to let you know that there was a blog art- I wrote a blog article, an open letter to the church, I think two or three weeks ago now. Um, so, so this is really on the back of that. We meant to do that at the time, but as I say, for diaries and so on, we, that was difficult. But again, it might make sense for you to pause the podcast and read that. It will take maybe 20 minutes or half an hour of your time, probably longer if you're going to do, you know, read it properly with the mm, Bible with in the hand. Bible, yeah. And it's really... a. a um, an exposition in in a small way of the book of 2 Timothy and i know dave remember when we mentioned this initially you'd you'd referenced the fact that it had been on your mind and on your heart anyway and there was a sense of that being quite appropriate so we'll try and pick up on that today but it's it's to ask the question isn't it is the church hmm. that that you're going to as you hear my voice that you're involved in is is it a faithful church and what when i say faithful i'm talking about the doctrines that we say we believe um and on that point, Dave, you, there are a couple of things that um, you have running in parallel with this that, that's appropriate. Mm. But do you, maybe, maybe kick off with what you thought of the letter. Um, why is it important? Yeah, thank you. I, I was I was really grateful for, for the letter. I actually listened to it. I listened to the, the, the sort of podcast version of, of, of you reading it out. And I was very grateful for it. And I think one of the things I was most grateful for, I mean, it's... When you say it out loud, it's just obvious, but it's it's using the language that scripture uses about issues in the church mm-hmm. rather than using our own kind of invented, mm-hmm. you know, political terms. You know, we like to talk about denominations, streams, you know, the spectrum and so on. But ultimately, it is a question of, are you faithful? Are you faithful to the Lord uh, before whom we'll all stand and have to give an account? Is it faithful to scripture? And uh, I think we, the church in the UK today, often really resists that kind of uh, terminology and that kind of question of faithfulness, truth, error. You know, is it satanic? Is it is this heavenly wisdom? You know, mm. is this of the flesh? We just don't really go there with that sort of language, and I think it's a real problem because it's it's all too easy once you adopt what I would call humanistic language. Really, uh, we then just basically speak as though these are just matters of preference or taste and and we never really get anywhere we never mm. sort it out or nail it and and so yeah i think um i mean two timothy I, you know there's a lot to say about two timothy but two things it focuses on in particular i think are doctrine and then practice you know actually putting it into practice um and um and the problem is for a lot of the church we resist doctrinal clarity or we kind of uh, relegate doctrinal issues to, you know, um, po- po- political or sort of preferential 
sort of um, status. Um, yeah. And then, and then we've got the other problem where we might be doctrinally clear, but we do, we don't do anything about it. We don't <laughs> we don't implement those those doctrines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by definition, sound doctrine is mutually exclusive. In yes. in in its by definition, mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. you have, did you have anything mm-hmm. you wanted to just from? I know that we've not had a chance to speak about the article again, but you kind of walk through these. T- it took me three days, I think, four, three four days, pretty mm-hmm. much to read prayerfully and to try and make something like that concise but also strong and clear. Yeah, I think on that, actually, I was just thinking that just as you were saying, for those who maybe haven't read it, to go and read it, it, all these things and so much of what we talk about involves work. You know, you've got to be willing to go and to read and to pray over things and to really think about them and to 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 be deep about it and I think that's that is really the starting point for what we're talking about today is to be willing to to do that and I think that's the foundation for really thinking about this topic of doctrine and faithfulness like if we're not willing to be really rigorous in our study of it Mm -hmm. you know we're not going to get anywhere with it yeah it's like in the gym if you're fat um you have to be unsettled. You have to be. You have to go through the discomfort of yeah. physical exercise, don't you? Yeah. In order to lose weight. And and often the first bit of just saying there's something here that I need to do mm-hmm. is the first step of that. It's not even necessarily doing it. It's just being able to say I need to. I need to think about this. I need to be willing to to begin with it. But but also to just just for folk to be able to look at the the obviousness of some things. You cut both both doctrines. Can't be right. Can't yeah. be right. Mm-hmm. I, when I say both doctrines, there are obviously more than two doctrines. What I mean is two two opposing uh, doctrines can't both be right. God's not confused or mm. schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think just before I go hand over the floor to you for a little bit, just that that's an important point to make. Actually, is that for some of us listening and thinking about this? Well, in fact, for all of us, we've gone through this as well. And I allude to this in in terms of the disruption of doctrine that's true true doctrine does disrupt us from Mm. from some of these lazy um and also inherited ways of thinking about the bible Mm. um you have you can't expect to clarify doctrine without disruption seismic sometimes you know uncomfortable Mm. painful travailing overwhelming we've experienced and do in a a regular way experience all of that i think Mm -hmm. i think that that is really the context that we're speaking from and into today Mm -hmm. as we do this podcast we are living in a world um that is shifting and i just would commend steve buckley's um video that he dropped last night we watched it within about five minutes of it going up and you know, it was sanity. It mm-hmm. was it was a sanitize. You know. Um, anyway, Dave, let's hear your let's hear your thoughts um, on what Mary was just saying. You know, the, the the being prepared to do the hard work and also being disrupted is important. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the the disruption. I think comes before and after um, and is ongoing. You know, when it comes to to landing on a doctrinal position. Sometimes that's uh, the end of a lengthy battle uh, internally mm. and with with others, um, but but it but the battle doesn't stop there. I'm 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 a bit. It's been a while since I studied this uh, firsthand. But you know, in the in the early years of the church, the first few centuries, these doctrinal battles. You know, you look at the 
Council of Nicaea, which was 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 trying to sort out some some heresy. And I mean, mm. mostly it was about the Arian heresy. It's about you know Jesus being um, fully God and so on. Um, Sounds familiar. And they they managed to um, yes, I know they managed to sort sort that as it were at the Council of Nicaea. But then it was another few decades of beating back that heresy again and again. It kept sort of trying to get back in. Now it never really sort of in any long-lasting way, took the centre ground after that point. Um, but it was, it didn't die. It was, you know, so, so you know, Athanasius, I think it was, was, you know, constantly battling against this. And um, and so you've got, to, you've got to have that strength of conviction, that clarity, that conviction, that courage to stand on um, right doctrine and fight for it. And... Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, what we're finding at the moment, we're, we're trying to do a bit of work at the moment on doctrine as regards abortion specifically. And um, we haven't quite fully launched this yet. We've, I've been involved um, um, with some other guys, you know, from different quarters. It's not, this is not a breathos thing. It's not a, it's not a, it's not the, the, the child of any one organization or anything like that. It's just some Christians who've got together and said, look, we need to be clear on doctrine here. Mm. Um, and so we've drafted this statement called the life affirmation. Um, we're probably going to go live literally within a day or two. And um, behind the scenes, we've been trying to get some people to sign up to it in advance, you know, try, trying to get signatures sort of rolling. And we've got some, which is great, but it's been really surprising and quite, well, I say surprising, it's been saddening some of the responses we've got mm-hmm. from people even saying, well, look, I agree with every word of this, but I'm not willing to sign it publicly. Wow. Now what... Can we, expl- what, what can, we, can-, can we explore that? Obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously, to, to Timothy, Paul didn't shy away from naming individuals. We don't need to do that today with what you're saying, but as anonymously as you can, you know, what 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 is mm. The, wh- how mm. is that even morally honest? Yeah, I mean, this is this is what I've been really wrestling with the last few days. Is is more than one person um, saying, "Well, I agree with every word, but I'm not willing to sign." And I think the. I'm trying to sort through this, but it seems to be what I'm getting back from some of these guys. And these these are, you know, good guys. These are people who've actually, you know, done some stuff in the public square to try and, you know, speak out on abortion even and and teach on it and whatever. But it seems that for some people, um, what we proclaim publicly is um, not simply a matter of truth and is this pleasing to God, but it seems Will this be palatable? Will this be acceptable to the evangelical constituency? Is this something they're going to agree with? Is this palatable? Is it plausible? And and there's this kind of, it's been made more complicated, I think, than it needs to be. It should be what's pleasing to God mm. and how can we help people to see that this is pleasing to God? Whereas rather it's more, well, the whole truth is probably a bit too much for people to handle. So we're not going to say that we're going to start somewhere else. And will we ever get there? Well, hopefully, but who knows? As a form of kind of, in effect, a form of seeker sensitivity, Mm. but not Mm. even seeker sensitivity. uh, No. Found. uh, Yeah. What's the opposite of seeker? (laughs) Founder. (laughs) Founder sensitivity. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's, yeah, it's, it's what, which is interesting because actually, as I was saying to um, to Beth and Will earlier today, who, who share the office here, um, it's very similar to the form of thinking that took place with regards to the human 
uh, Fertilization and Embryology Act a number of years ago in the UK. A committee was set up to investigate this and the ethics and so on. And they actually said out loud, we steered away from you know, questions of right and wrong because that's polarizing and that'll put people off. Instead, we asked the question, what will be acceptable to the British public? Uh, now, you can kind of expect the world to act like that, but we're seeing in many cases, mm. the church acting like that. You know, it's not just, well, what does God think? It's, well, what's going to be acceptable to the evangelical constituency? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, r- right now, I'm just, I'm in a bit of a quandary as to kind of how do we, mm-hmm. you know, what do we, how do we tackle that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there'll be some clarity in the next 15, 20 minutes as we finish this podcast. But essentially what you're describing, Dave, I think is the fear of man. Mm, yes. Which the Bible is very clear about is a snare. It's a trap. Mm. It's a slippery slope mm. at the bottom of which are a number of roaring lions um, mm. on a snowy day. You know, it's, it is, it is. that's what it is. Yeah. The fear of man mm-hmm. is, yeah. it is nothing else, is it? No. Mm. And we're so, we're so scared of being alone, I think. You know, the, mm. the idea that you might be the only person left doing or saying something it feels like that is the most unthinkable thing to be doing mm. when actually it might be the very one thing that you should be doing. You know, you may be uh-huh. kicked out, left by yourself, whatever, but actually that that's what we should be striving for if that if that's what it costs. Mm-hmm. It's not just the, the presence of the fear of man. Um, it's the absence of the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And... That is normal. What you're just saying there where, you know, the thought of losing, you know, your financial security or the comfort of your manse or... Your friends. Or or your friends, exactly. That that can't be underestimated, you know. Mm. Compared with Mm. the fear of the Lord Mm. is is as, should be at least, as nothing. Should pale Mm. into utter insignificance. Um, and yet, this and you know, I know we're we're kind of ad living here, but it, it is really that absence of the fear of the Lord that I think characterizes the ridiculous waste of time, Dave. That you're even having to give to thinking, working through that. And I'm not I'm not saying that it's a waste of time to clarify doctrine. We're saying the exact opposite. Mm. We need to be doing that. But the fact that you're experiencing these hurdles in the early stages of that is a, is a waste of time. But it's very, mm. it's very symptomatic of the absence of the fear of him in our midst. Mm. Mm. It is. It is. Because actually, that well, the scripture says the fear of the Lord is pure. You know, it's made of one thing. It is simple. It's not complicated. And um, the reality is if Jesus comes back tomorrow and today I've resisted an opportunity yeah. to be clear on what pleases him and what he thinks... Then what am I going to say to him? I was waiting for a better time. I mean, I was, I don't want to be in that position, but again, if we're living as if he's not really coming back um, and we've got forever to kind of go about things in a, in a sort of, you know, politically sensitive way, whatever, mm-hmm. then, then we're going to go about things very differently. Just as you mentioned that, Dave, it was a. this is what, one thing I needed to mention today anyway, but you've just jogged my memory there about living as though... He's not returning, and that—that's what you and I talked about. Um, mm. the vid- for folk who don't know, we, we're in the process of um, a vlog series over on YouTube called "To the Church in Great Britain," and the fourth part of that went up on Sunday, just gone. And the subject of that is um, where is this coming? 
and it's it's relating to this reality that again I think characterizes the church landscape, which mm. is that there's no actual functional belief in the return of the Lord and no yearning as a result of that. And I, th- I think all these things interlink, you know, the fear of the Lord is in that mix. Mm. Um, so folk listening, please do go and look at that again, as Mary was saying, it will involve a bit of work. It's 40 minutes. Um, so don't expect to, you know, to, to listen to it or watch it whilst in a McDonald's drive through, you know, you need to be focused and in a, in a good place. Um, what should we say about this doctrine issue then? Do, do you want to just, how's your mind? Sorry. Well, I, I was just, there was just one other thing I was just thinking there, Dave, is, you know, when when I think we're not willing to stand, you know, as a leadership or whatever and say, this is God's truth, this is it. I think there's an element of think, you know, we still have this idea that we are building the church up. Yes. That we are doing something that what... You know, if if I stand up and sign my name on this thing and say this is what God says, and everybody leaves, mm. then that somehow that's going to reflect badly on me because now my church is the numbers have gone down or this or that, mm. and it, it, again it comes back to who do we really think is building the church? Do we really mm. think it's about us, or do we yeah. know? Do we know that God is building His church and that He all He wants us to do is to be faithful? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember if we said this on a podcast or not, but um, I was struck afresh by John the Baptist not so long ago and how you know, his famous saying, you know, I must become less and he must become mm. more. Um, and yet we, so many of us today have the, the kind of, we've, we've turned that upside down. We think we have to become more so that he can become more. You know, we have to yeah. <laughs> increase our social standing. We need to be more palatable, plausible to the culture, whatever. And um, it's as if, you know, only once I've, our church is a certain size with a certain income and a certain staffing or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. or then we can afford to start, you know, confronting evil mm-hmm. in the land or whatever it is. Um, but of course, that that day never comes. It, you know, it, it's very easy to procrastinate forever that, you know, um, when it comes to actually confronting evil and error and and injustice and whatever mm-hmm. else, um, we get into a habit of fearing, you know, fearing man becomes our our, our methodology, basically. Mm-hmm. And and it's every day we go down that route, it's harder to, to get yeah. out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll never actually end up in the place where we say, because mm. you've achieved something by then, you've made a name mm-hmm. for yourself, you've created something. And it's so easy to plaster God all over things that look successful from a world, worldly perspective to then assume that God is doing it when actually with a lot of human willpower, you can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, when um, I don't know about you both, whenever I think of the fear of the Lord and I think about the absence of that and what it must have been like in Acts, I think of Acts 5 and Anais and Sapphira and Sapphira, however you pronounce her name. Um, and, the, and, you know, this is an example of a post-resurrection mm-hmm. um God killing people. <laughs> uh, in my slightly slow mind, I can't think of a better way of putting that. But, but God <laughs> did just kill these two guys because. Um, but listen, listen to what Peter says. This is Acts five three. Then Peter said, um, "Ananias, how is it that Satan has so so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for land?" And then the, the passage goes on. But 
my, my my thought with this is simply that I think with this issue of doctrine, um, I I think we think the Holy Spirit is a bit soft hmm. on on the issue of doctrine. Like he's gracious and merciful and immensely patient and so on, but he's but he's also a bit soft when it comes to the church. And the issue of what we're talking about, which is truth. So when I think of the absence of the fear of the Lord, and I think of, think of the presence of what that must have been like, and we had a conversation, remember we had that conversation with Brian and Kathy um, months ago about the fear and the fear that they felt to, yeah. to, to do with some mm-hmm. repentance, um, just the, just the posture of repentance. You know, it's where you feel the fear of Him. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, isn't it? Yeah. And so, do you, what do you both think about that? I, th- I think, I think that when church leaders respond, which I think is quite predictable, Dave, to be honest, um, just that there is a kind of unspoken assumption that the Holy Spirit doesn't—he's not going to kill somebody, <laughs> you know. And before people start writing to us, like to clarify, this is post-resurrection, new covenant, early church. Um, read your Bibles. So it is life or death. This matter of doctrine actually is life or death. And false doctrine, every false doctrine, everything that is purported to be true of God, Theo, and it's not, it's very serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard um, I heard Tim Dieppe from Christian Concern not so long ago uh, giving a, a presentation on Islam, which is very good. And uh, towards the end, he I think he had a kind of cartoon that compared radical Islam with radical Christianity. And and uh, it was something along the lines of, you know, radical Islam is, you know, believe or I'll kill you. Radical Christianity is, I'll believe this even if it kills me sort of thing. You know, I'm willing to die for this, not I'm willing to kill. So, you know, there's, what we've done is we've taken a, the, the sort of pacifism that's right, which is we, we as Christians don't, don't literally kill people for doctrine, but we should be willing to die for doctrine, mm. actually, because it really matters. But bad doctrine leads to all sorts of problems, some of them eternal problems. Mm. And um, so it, it really does matter. So we ought to be willing to, to lose everything mm-hmm. over over doctrine mm-hmm. um and we need to know that that yeah i mean again the language that we see in 2 timothy and elsewhere yeah. referring to you know the doctrine of demons you know stuff that ensnares people uh, takes them captive um you know, prevents them entering the kingdom of heaven these are really serious things mm-hmm. and um we're not loving people by allowing those things to to stay intact just in closing, because we wanted to keep this brief today, um, the, again, using wielding the, the language of Paul in his final, and it's significant, it's his final writing to the church from prison in Rome. He's about to have his head chopped off. Um, and he uses the word gangrene. He talks about gangrenous teachers who aren't even necessarily sh- wolves in sheep's clothing. I won't go into it now, but this is why you need to read the blog. Go ahead and read that letter. But it's just to make this, this simple point, isn't it? If you or I or anybody here listening had gangrene in our limbs, you, would, you wouldn't you would procrastinate about it. You wouldn't treat it as slight. You wouldn't roll your eyes and view it as an inconvenience. It would be an urgent matter that required an immediate answer, which is 
do you have this limb cut off for the sake of your body or not? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't sleep on it. You wouldn't wait until the new year to have your holidays first and then come back to it. You would act decisively just as you would at the moment that a doctor diagnosed you as having gangrene. And so this is urgent. And on that, let's just close with this before prayer, is that, I, Dave, we've not had a chance to talk about this and the three of us haven't either. But this this matter of... Um, it's like the, it's like the um, the council in Lord of the Rings, isn't it? They all come together to decide what what must happen with this ring. It's it's a bit like that, you know. Um, you're doing that that work, the affirmation. What was it you called it? So it's life affirmation. And and what's life the, what, affirmation? And do you want to give the URL for that or not? I mean, I can't. Yeah, I mean, lifeaffirmation.org. Um, if you if you've just heard that, you know. Um, it's yeah. I mean, by the time this goes out, it'll be live, so I'm sure that'll be fine. If it, if not, you know, just bear in mind there might be one or two tiny tweaks left to do. But it is it is already okay live as we just applying the final tweaks. Lifeaffirmation.org. That's it. Um, I think it relates to again. We've not talked about this, but next year we have in mind to to do a project um, that does just this. You mentioned the. The Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, that, that, you know, I think at the moment, again, this relates to some of our content um, about cults and so on. Um, In the short months and years ahead, the faithful church disrupted through sound doctrine are going to be increasingly accused of being a cult. And some places are already realising that in the world and having to do teaching on the difference between, say, a cult, a sect and and a church. You know, what's the difference? How does Waco in 1993 relate to the the people of God today yearning for him to return? What's real? What's fake? That kind of thing. So this need for Mm. creed Mm. is very, very live and Mm. so live, in fact, that we've not even had a chance to share thoughts on that. (laughs) But Mm. going into 2022, we will be pursuing um, something of that significance Mm. and size um, and, of course, just as with this podcast, there'll, there'll be cross-pollination and collaboration and so on. But there is a need at this point in history, I think, um, to consolidate what mm. what solid, true doctrine actually is mm. and therefore what false doctrine commonly accepted um, is also. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's exciting yeah, in I'm, a way, isn't it? But it's yeah. also di- – go ahead, mate. No, that is, it is exciting. Um, and, and the reason it's exciting is that well, whilst it, this is going to draw lines, this is going to exclude, we have to be really clear about that. People, and that's why many resist it. It does draw lines. It does exclude. It does say this and not that. Um, but it's around the truth that we have real unity that that, that is pleasing to God, mm-hmm. that can actually do what's needed. Um, and so it is exciting because it, Without that, we're we're floating around. We're at the mercy of the latest whim or heresy or whatever it is, and so it is exciting. But we've got we've got to be prepared for for the cost, and we've got to say that's actually a good thing. As all the historic creeds did, yes, they drew lines, yes, they excluded, mm-hmm. but it's not excluding in a way that I'm saying you know mm-hmm. by name yeah. you know you're out because I don't like mm-hmm. you know your jumper. Well, I mean, I'd be the first out, wouldn't I? If jumpers. <laughs> You certainly um, would. You certainly would. To give people a, a scriptural <laughs> reference for that, though, that thought of um, godly division, a, a separation mm. coming out is one Corinthians eleven nineteen. So, just for folk listening, if you want to mm. flick to your Bibles, just to read around, 
uh, the beginning of the book of 1 Corinthians where Paul seems to be arguing against all forms of division, but actually he concedes in chapter 11, verse 19, that there is actually a need mm. for division, mm. which is to what? It's to prove and to show those who are in right standing with God as opposed to those who are not. Mm. And I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say just to finish. No? N- nothing off the top of my head. Okay. No. <laughs> it, it was just it was just as we come to pray to say this for everybody listening is just with what we were just saying there about the need for creeds, the need for consolidating truth, what's true, what's not, is be prepared for disruption. Mm. Like, I can't emphasize that enough. You can't expect to be faithful at this point in world history and church history by clinging on as much as possible to everything that you've always known. Mm. Every every kind of vestige of comfort and familiarity, it's not what God's doing. He's asking us to be disrupted by truth, by true doctrine, and to repent from that which we've believed which is not, you know? So so I don't know how else to say that pastorally sensitively, but be just be prepared for for the Lord to disrupt. Um hmm. and we've asked the question, you know, is your church faithful? Well I think that is the question. And I think actually it's not that difficult. Well, you've said a number of times it's it's not comp it, what was the phrase? So talking about IVF and stuff, it's not. Oh, it's um the decision it's simple but it's hard yeah there's complexity to it but there's but it's also easy something yeah. like that mm-hmm. anyway let's pray father we we just are so aware of um our need of you god we really need you precious spirit we need you and we need you to fear you we need you to be uh to not fear man and we want to pray for ourselves. We want to pray for the church as a whole and individual churches that there would be testimony, not sporadically either, just of a... Lord, we're living in these days that are historic. The days have gone of men and women in marriage for our children to recognise what marriage is. That's That's gone. Lord, we are, we're just conscious of that weight, that, that sense of the culmination of the ages in, in one way. And so, Lord, I, I pray for the church at large in this nation and the West particularly and thinking of individual churches where there are specific issues that need... Just, Lord, we please, please cause your people to fear you, to be aware of the fear of you, the imminence of you, the presence of you, your holiness, your thrice holy... And that that would be the starting point and the finishing point and the reference point. Mm. And I pray for courage for people to be disrupted. I pray for Dave in this piece of work that he would be bold and strong. Mm. Pray that he would be un- unwavering and uncompromised and unflinching. Give him great joy in that courage. And Lord, and for, for us too, Lord, paying the, the price sometimes more than people realise for this call to action in the church, which is unto faithfulness, unto truth, unto holiness. I pray for everybody who is in the early stages of being disrupted, that you would provide supernatural strength and grace and rest. And Lord, I pray above all things, let your people yearn for your return. Let everything flow from that, that is true and it's holy. Ultimately, Lord, we want you to come and we join with the Spirit even now and praying, come, Lord Jesus. Mm. Maranatha, come. Mm. Lord, we think of the 
many stories you, you told of um, your soon return. And there were those who were looking at themselves and sideways at each other. And then there were those who were looking for your return. There were those who were ready and um, eager to, to hear the well done, good and faithful servant, eager to be ready mm-hmm. um, to serve you at your return. And Lord, we just think of so much of uh, the church today. We're kind of just looking at ourselves. We're looking at each other. We're looking elsewhere, Lord. But would you turn our eyes to you, Lord? Would you grant us um, the gift of repentance that we really would look to you and you mm-hmm. alone, Lord, that we'd want to please you alone, that it would be very simple, Lord, that we would um, not ask what is pleasing to others or even to myself, but Lord, what is pleasing to you? What, mm-hmm. not, not, uh, not so much how can we bring others with us, but Lord, how can, how can I be where you want me to be? How can mm-hmm. I be um, in line with you? Um, whether people come with me or not, Lord, that we would um, just be captivated, Lord, by the beauty of you and the fear of you, Lord, that we would um, strengthen our weak knees, Lord, and we wouldn't um, swerve to the right or to the left, mm-hmm. um, but, Lord, that we would truly um, walk in your path. So we just pray, Lord, for a, a renewed fear of the Lord to mm-hmm. fall upon your people, Lord, that we would, um, that we, it would be abhorrent to us that we should um, delay or, mm. um, or try and go about things in our own strength, um, according to our own timing, Lord, um, when you have been clear, when your word is clear, yes. Lord, may that be enough for us and mm. forgive us, Lord, for making it any more complicated than that. Mm. Lord, please forgive us, have mercy mm-hmm. and, uh, turn us back to yourself. Yeah. Amen. Lord, we really pray that our hearts would turn to you when we sense that fear, when we look around and we look at others and we, mm. we feel that, when we feel that sense of not wanting to do something or not, not doing something because we see people looking or we think about how people will react. Mm. Lord, help us, help your people to be able to recognize it happening, Lord. Let there be a real courage that will build up amongst your people, Lord. And I pray that you would help me and others, Lord, that in those moments, saying something hard doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Lord, would you just help people to see that simple truth Mm -hmm. that saying something just saying something can be the difference, Lord, and mm. and actually it can be the, the difference that leads people into strong faith, mm. helps people to stand firm. And Lord, often your people are just looking, they're looking to be led well, they're looking at leaders, and I pray that you would instill that in people, these leaders who are in charge of churches and congregations and ministries, would you help them to feel that weight and to take it seriously mm. and to, yes. to be strong, to be faithful, to not shy away from doing it, Lord? And would mm. they have that kind of courage that just feels so lacking today in the church? Mm. Lord, we just really ask for your help. Mm-hmm. I pray for people who are thinking about these things, who are looking at their church, who are considering doctrine, who are trying to discern things. 
Lord, would you really help them? Would you give them understanding? Would you give them clarity when they come to their Bible and they read and they pray? Would you open up scriptures so that they can understand and that they're able to to discern between the doctrines of demons and mm. your doctrine, your true mm. doctrine, Lord. We need, Holy Spirit, we need your help mm. to be able to do these things well. We can't do it without you. And if, I pray that you would just really help us, mm. help anyone who is even trying to think about these things, Lord, where it's maybe new or it feels difficult. Would you just give them that? that strength and that desire and that clarity, Lord. And Father, we thank you that when we come to you with these things, that you answer us, that you are faithful and true and that you, you give us the things that we need when we seek you with all of our hearts, mm. Lord. And Jesus, we ask all these things today in your name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Into the Prey. The links for the various bits of content that we discuss in today's conversation, namely the YouTube links to to the church in Great Britain, the new vlog series, that can be found and available now for viewing. The blog that we talk about, the open letter to the church, Is Your Church Faithful? An exposition in part of the book of 2 Timothy, Paul's final writing to the church. And finally, if you want to be involved in helping us moving into a new year for this new project that we've referred to and more details will follow then please do see our patreon page to help us not just with content currently but also plans to put into place for new projects coming up in the new year for the building up of the church in agape thanks everybody <laughs>